A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. People will say to me, how do you have the energy to be so happy? And I actually find it when I'm sad and struggling, I find that exhausting. Mm. So it's almost reprogramming your brain for that to be the easy neutral. Sometimes we get a guest on Mad World that I just know is going to bring our listeners so much joy and this is one of them and let me tell you this interview brought me so much joy since she captured our hearts as a contestant on the x factor back in 2009 she's now a regular on our screens whether it's as a host of loose women or showing us a glimpse of her home life on her instagram i'm one of her nearly four and a half million followers who lapped up her recent move into pickle cottage the house of her dreams I'm talking, of course, about the wonderful Stacey Solomon. And just a warning, there's a little bit of colourful language in this episode. Stacey Solomon, the first question we ask everybody coming on to this podcast is, how are you really... How am I really? Yeah, no, like, no, like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, you know how we sometimes we just kind of like gloss over it so that we can move on. But actually, this being a podcast about mental health, we always ask, how are you really feeling? Because sometimes we don't, we're not honest in our replies, are we, to it? So I feel good, but I think nothing is ever one thing. Mm. So I never feel one thing on one day or, you know, I always feel a mixture of different things. So right now... We've just moved into a house that we're just in so cannot believe is our house. So I'm excited and grateful, but also I've got this weird fear that something's going to go wrong or something because it's so great. <laughs> so that's how I'm feeling at the moment. I'm feeling so good, but also on eggshells that something's about to go terribly wrong. <laughs> Are you like me? I have this thing where I'm like, oh, something good's happening. Something bad, obviously. It's going to have to happen. Yeah, I, I think that, especially in the UK, we do this thing where we kind of, if you celebrate the things in your life, then you're a bit big-headed or full of yourself. So we almost encourage you not to be excited because something rubbish will then happen. So I think I've grown up with this innate feeling that anytime I succeed in something or I do well or something goes right, I'm waiting for the opposite end of the scale to happen oh my god I totally get that terrible isn't it it's now uh, because I wanted to talk to you about pickle cottage which is like giving me life and I don't live there (laughs) Uh, so many people this week I've said oh I'm I'm interviewing Stacey Solomon for the podcast and they're like oh 
can we talk about her house, oh. the skylights, and the and the and, and and the Cluedo room and the swimming pool? Granny, honestly, me and Joe, literally, we saw this house and those houses never come up for sale. People live in them, hand them down through the generations, and this thing came up. And the woman who lived there was just a really lovely lady. I think a lot of property developers had wanted to sort of buy it and turn it into an estate or something. And she really wanted to sell it to another family. So we just, it was the right place, right time. She wanted to leave because she wanted to live by her son and daughters. And so I said, it's the same price. It was the same price as the house we were living in. And I was just like, Joe, we have to go. When are we ever going to get this opportunity? We've just got to go for it. And it all went through really quickly. And we exchanged. And then a few days later, completed. And we walked in. And I'm not even joking, Bryony. We walked in and we both got really emotional because we're not from there. Do you know what I mean? We're not from that kind of, uh, just, we just never imagined. I had a baby really young and everyone said my life was over (laughs) and I'd never be a success or anything or, you know, and we just cried a little bit because we was like, oh my God, even if like, God forbid something happens, because you never know what's going to happen in life and we we have to lose the house ever. We're going to get a chance to be here for a little while, like, you know, whatever days we get here, this is just the best ever. It's it just, yeah, we're so, so blooming exciting. I literally, <laughs> I think I haven't had enough human contact <laughs> oh. because I'm tearing up listening to you. Like, that's what I get off you. Like, the vibe I get off you. Like, I'm going to hang a really hefty label around your neck now, <laughs> Stacey. And that is that you are a national treasure. Okay? <laughs> you are a national treasure. Like, I, I cannot think of another high-profile human in the UK who is as universally loved as you. Like, you have this thing about you. You emanate this joy. And I'm sure that you, and I know that you have spoken about depression and anxiety and intrusive thoughts. So I know that it isn't that like one-sided, as you said. It's, you know, never one thing. But to me, it's like, you seem to have this like innate attitude. And I'm like, I want to get a tattoo on my wrist that just says, be more Stacey Solomon. Listen, you don't want to be more anyone but you. The funny thing is, is I am just, I often I feel really lucky all the time. I think bloody hell, I'm so lucky. And I think because I have real anxiety issues over um, my biggest fear and probably my only fear really because nothing else matters if you're dead is dying yeah and leaving my kids behind and I have a real problem with that and and managing the, the fear and the hypochondria that comes with that and I think that actually I, I you know I've tried CBT which was really helpful ENRT which again definitely brought it down a pig or two it never goes away mm. and actually what I've learned over the years is that it comes with some good sides as well I am utterly grateful just to be alive most of the time so anything that happens in that space where I've survived and I'm alive is just a bonus and I do feel like god I've got to enjoy this and I've got oh sorry you're not, it's not, there's not an actual alarm. fire, is there? No. Anyone, anyone <laughs> listening to us, Stacey has just come off air on Loose Women and is in the ITV studios. studios and every, every day at 2pm they test the fire alarm. Sorry. Okay. As long as it is a test, because oh, I would I really hate it. So. No, I don't think it would stay on for longer. <laughs> having just having just had this conversation about, about fear of dying. death. 
<laughs> Imagine, oh, God. Don't, because I'll start hyperventilating. <laughs> oh, no, God, no, that's not what I want no, on this I'm podcast. Joking, I'm joking. No, but we, we, we have kind of like, we've kind of chatted a bit about that because I, you, you know, I've, I have went from a young age, I've had obsessive compulsive disorder. And I used to have to like say phrases to keep my family alive. Uh, yeah, like that was as if I had that power. Do you know what I mean? But it was the way I kind of soothed myself. Did you do things like that as a child? Yeah, I remember speaking to you because I've never, and still to this day, will not go to bed without every single one of anyone who's in the house with me. So whether it was my mum and dad and sisters and brothers when I was a child, or now it's my children and Joe, I have to say "see you in the morning." And if they don't say "see you in the morning" back. I'm scared they won't see me in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it sounds so ridiculous. I know, but I just have to say it. Otherwise, I feel like I'm putting a bad omen out there. The one thing that used to really scare me was manifestation and all of the books about, you know, you get what you put out there in your thoughts. And if you think about it, it will manifest and become something. So I always was scared of that because I constantly think about how I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I used to do, but the see you in the morning is something that I've never stopped doing. I used to walk funny. So a really lovely counsellor said to me once, oh, if instead of thinking about the things that come into your brain, instead think about the way that you walk because you really should walk toe to heel, not heel to toe. And I remember thinking, oh, that's weird. So every time I would go for a walk, I would be thinking how my feet were walking because they were going heel to toe instead of toe to heel. And then I realised like a couple of weeks later, she just said that to show me how easy it is to distract myself from the thoughts in my mind. I, instead of worrying, was then checking my feet to see if I was walking properly and and although it seems like a silly thing and a little thing, but for ages I used that method of trying to distract myself with little, like I would look at pavement slabs and say, Oh, I'll try and tread on the gray ones and not the orange ones. And then, but then I would get like weird with it. Cause if I ended my left foot on an orange one and I didn't find a gray again, I'd get upset. <laughs> oh no, that sounds so That's stupid. No, oh, it doesn't, God. but do you know what? It, it really doesn't sound stupid because I remember from a really young age, I mean, this is obsessive compulsive disorder. This is what it sounds to, I mean, I'm not going to diagnose you, but it sounds a lot like you're like, no, that's not what I came on your podcast for, Bridie. <laughs> um, but like, it sounds a lot like I used to do little things that would like comfort me. I would like find a word and I would skip over certain letters to like, it was like really like, yeah. And if I dropped something, I'd have to say that I'd have to say, oh, my family will live. My family will. It was like totally bonk. Like it sounds ridiculous, but it was because I know I don't have that power logically, but that didn't matter because it was like, I have to say that. And I will look at my daughter now still, she's like eight next week and I'll be like, I'll have to say cot life and cot living because I don't want to think of cot death. Yes. Some of my family have died from diseases that I can't say the words out loud because okay. they scare yeah. me. It's funny. It is, you know what? I'm I'm so lucky because I it's never stopped me from doing anything that my anxiety actually has the opposite effect and forces me to go out and live and do because I just never know when my time's going to be up. So I think I've, mm. I've almost, I try really hard because I believe, and I don't think this is what everybody believes. I believe that there are some things that are a part of your personality that no matter how much you can, you can soften them and you can learn to manage them and 
learn new tools that make it much easier to cope with them. But I don't think, I don't believe personally for me, I'll ever be able to diminish them. So I try and accept them as a part of me and then look at the great things that have come from them. Because, you know, I know a lot of people with similar thought processes to mine and anxieties to mine that actually stops them from going and leaving the house and going to work and being able to take up opportunities because they're scared that those changes might lead to what they're always catastrophizing over. Whereas I've been really lucky that my catastrophes make me go, well, I might as well go and do it because I could not wake up tomorrow. So I've got, I almost feel like I do things a million miles an hour just in case something's about to happen. It also makes me really wary and health conscious and vigilant about certain things I'm, I might not necessarily be vigilant about, which could potentially help me in the future. So I have to try and tell myself the, the positives as well as the negatives. It's a funny one, isn't it? Every single person's reality is different and every single person's mental health the way they navigate it is different. And I think you just have to find the things that work for you that that make you able to cope. I love that attitude, though, that it's like acceptance that this is part of you, because I think the more that, well, certainly in my case, the more I rallied against this way of being, the more it reacted back to me and became louder. And as you say, the acceptance and the like, okay, well, on one hand, I can be a a gibbering, anxious wreck. This is me, not you, by the way. But on the other hand, I'm compassionate human being who is is empathetic and it's you know and it's like seeing the light and the shade and as again as you said at the beginning it's not it's never just black and white one thing yeah but I I wanted to talk to you because I do oh I think you should write because you've just written tap to tidy which I have here because organising and crafting and all that is a very much isn't it you I mean you've spoken about this a lot is a way that you it's like a meditation for me because I can't conventionally meditate. I wish I could. You know, when you try and sort of like hum your way into clearing your mind, I'm in awe of anyone who can do that, who's able to just sit and and completely free their mind. I cannot. The minute I sit with no kids and no Joe and no nothing, every fault in the world just fills my brain. Good, bad, pointless. (laughs) It doesn't matter what it is. It just like goes into my brain immediately when I stop and the only way to not think about a million different things for me is to focus on just one thing like one task whether it be sorting out a cupboard or sticking gems to something or coloring in whatever it is if I'm just focusing on that one thing I forget all of the noise and so yeah it's definitely a way of it's like an escapism I suppose you should write a book about the way that you use your anxiety to spur you on it would sell billions. You know what? It's difficult because I almost feel privileged within my anxiety because it's not life limiting. Yes, I have moments when I feel really, I don't feel great and it really scares me and I feel like I can't breathe, but it doesn't limit my life. And I, and I, you know, I've spoken to so many people when you go into groups, you know, what it's like, and you speak to different people and you hear their experiences. I just think, poor, my anxieties are, are a privilege compared to theirs. Even my mum who struggles with leaving the house and stuff a little bit. I, I just think there's not much I could say because I, I don't think that my, my anxiety is enough I think it's okay to say, oh, yeah, this is good and that's good when you've got anxiety like mine. But actually, when you get to the deep-rooted depression and anxiety or OCDs or, Mm. you know, all of those really difficult 
mental health illnesses that people have got to such a scale that it requires so much more than just don't worry look at the positives you know yeah 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 (laughs) but you did when you had your first child you did experience like postnatal depression didn't you oh yeah I mean I even now and I you know, I don't look back and regret anything because what's the point in that? It won't get me anywhere. But I definitely look forward or have moments now with Zaki where I think, oh, I wish I loved you from the very minute. Not not that I didn't. I'm sure I did. I just didn't feel it and I didn't get it. And it mm. brings me tremendous guilt, yeah. especially when I love my other children. That sounds, you know, when they're born and I love them and then I'm like, this is amazing. I immediately feel like, wow, I was terrible <laughs> when I had Zach. Um, but it is what it is. I can't change it. It was just the way that I felt. At least it made me prepared for every other time I've given birth, I was prepared to feel that way. And I knew that it would pass, which is just the most comforting feeling because when you're in it, when I was in it with Zach, I genuinely thought I'm never going to be happy again and I'm never going to love my child and and it just made me feel horrendous when I had Rex a couple of years ago I got exactly the same feelings like the gut wrenching just unhappy I just feel deeply unhappy for no reason I'm so happy but I'm just deeply unhappy and uncontrollably sobbing all the time but at least I knew whilst I was going through that little stage that that I would come out of it so yeah again there was positives to have come out of that but it really I really I really wish I didn't feel like that, but it just is who I am, I suppose. So you had Zaki when you were seven, is it 17? I was 17 when I got pregnant and then I turned 18 when I had him. And how old were you when you went on the X because I I sometimes forget that you started on the X Factor yeah like you're you're just so like a ubiquitous in like public <laughs> life now that I'm like oh yeah she were on the you were on the X Factor when like with like Ollie Muirs and yes. you, uh, you came third didn't you yeah that's right you should have come first but oh no I loved coming third less pressure um <laughs> and I got to stay right till the end so it was perfect but yeah, um, I was 19 when I did the X Factors. Zaki was one. Whoa. I know. He doesn't remember much of it, but he he does he thinks he does because he sees videos, you know. But yeah, I was 19. So I just finished my GMVQ A levels at college. And then my mum said I could audition. And she was like, All right, you've done your A levels, go on then. That I mean, because that again, like I Lots of people, you know, a baby at, at, at 18, X Factor at 19, you know, they'd like, personally, if that was me, I mean, I, I, I didn't do that and I still ended up falling out of nightclubs, taking drugs <laughs> and all the rest of it. But like, I would have made a real hash of it. What was it like being in that, like being in that X Factor machine at 19? Again, I think I approached it like I approached everything I was a teenage mum from Dagnum. I am a teenage mum from Dagnum. I will always be that teenage mum from Dagnum. And I remember, I can't explain to you what it was like to be on the X Factor, which I'd watched since I was a little kid, 
if that was it, that would have been fine. I remember saying to my mom, mom, if this is it, oh my God, like what the hell? Because I got to meet people, my heroes. Back then they had masterclasses. So we got, I got to sing with Whitney Houston, George <gasps> Michael, Alicia Keys, Mariah Carey, all of those people were a part of the show. And that would have been enough. Like I was like, oh my God, mom, this is just a dream. I would never, where would I ever have been put with those people? You know, I was the girl on the bus with the baby and everyone was tutting at me because <laughs> I looked like a baby with a baby. And I just, I couldn't believe my luck and, and where I was. And I never really thought of it as a fame thing. It was just a show and I was glad to be on the show. And when the show ended, I didn't really know what the hell would happen. I just thought that would be it because there's there's few success stories of anyone continuing a really long career. So you know you go on it and you get the opportunity and then you just think, oh, well, I've done that. That's good. And then <laughs> I guess I would have gone to uni or I would have loved to have taught singing classes and stuff because I loved singing. But, yeah, I didn't think 12 years down the line I would have any opportunities at all <laughs> to do anything. And here you are, like, you've just come out of the Loose Woman Studios. You're going back to Pickle Cottage to revamp the, the Wendy house and do the pool. Brianie, can you believe it? <laughs> I can believe it because you're fucking awesome. <laughs> and you know what? I saw a story. In fact, I sent you a message because I saw your story go, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop now in case people... People think I'm showing off and I'm like, no, carry on. We need more people like you, Stacey, like just going, yay. It's like, I think people really just feel, I don't know, you may get, you may get trolls on Instagram. I'm sure you do. Everyone does, whatever. But I think most people, I was looking like you were, you were trending on Twitter as well. And people oh, were God. like, I am so here <laughs> for Stacey Solomon's stories of moving into her, her house. And I think also after a year of where we haven't been able to move anywhere or go anywhere, it was like, I think people living their lives genuinely vicariously <laughs> through you. I genuinely, like, you know, people are, most people are inherently kind. I genuinely don't believe that what we see sometimes portrayed on social media is general consensus. I really think most people want people to succeed. They don't want people to fail. And if most people have just been so lovely. I think more for me, it's that consciousness of it's been a really difficult year. So many people are struggling. And me and Joe have been lucky enough to have a job during the pandemic, which most people didn't, to have a garden, to have a safe space. And I just didn't want, I, I never really, I never want to make people feel like crap. Do you know what I mean? I, we're, we're extremely privileged and really lucky. And yeah, so I always, I love to share because I get so much joy out of it, but I also don't want to be that person who ever oversteps the mark and make, I just don't want to make anyone feel rubbish. So I, I like to ask. <laughs> just but you don't, but that's the thing. I don't think you do because I think there's such genuine like joy and love to it and I wonder if because I was going to ask you like did you know like you say did you ever have a career plan and I imagine not and I imagine that's why <laughs> you've been so successful because you are just unapologetically you I think it's more again I think it really goes back to I'm so scared of everything being over I just say yes and I just go for it. And there's so many shows that people are embarrassed to have been on or wouldn't go for because they're like, oh, I'm I'm above that or better than that. And I've always just thought, who the hell am I? I'm nobody. So, yeah, I'm going to take that opportunity and I'll just go for it because 
yeah, you just never know what's going to happen and where you're going to be. But also I do think I've been lucky because I know so many amazing people out there that are really talented, much more talented than I am, that don't have the opportunity or the people that believe in them to give them the opportunity. So it's a mixture of both, isn't it? I believe I work really hard and I put my heart and soul into everything that I do and I am proud of everything that I do. But at the same time, I've had, you know, ITV, who Loose Women, gave me an opportunity to be on their show. Not everyone gets that opportunity. That is that is luck. I didn't do anything to get that. The X Factor even, they gave me the opportunity to be on that show. You know, I didn't create that. I didn't go out and... Well, well you I showed I, I up. I think you've got you, a bit of both. You did you. <laughs> Speaking of Loose Women, because, you you know, like, I, I, I love Loose Women. Um, <laughs> and you're quite good at... Because uh, we were going to be speaking about this body image campaign, but that's been delayed. But I did want to talk to you, and you spoke about this a bit with Fern on Happy Place. And I know that a lot of people that listen to Mad World listen to Happy Place. But you kind of referenced that sort of how your sister called you shallow hell because you... yeah. <laughs> Because I used to just walk around. I thought I was so pretty. I mean, I you still are. think I'm all right. Yeah, I think I'm all right. I don't think there's anything wrong with me. But I used when I had just had Zach, I was like quite, I was just not looking my, my best, you know, because I just had a baby and I'd not slept in a long time. But I thought I'd, I'd snap back and I looked like Penelope Cruz or something. And I remember being on holiday and I was just walking around like <laughs> my sister was like, Stace, like you've got half an eyebrow, you, your stretch marks are coming out of your bikini, your boobs don't fit in there. Like why are you, why are you you're walking around like a supermodel? And I was like, I think I look nice. <laughs> I don't think there's there's nothing wrong with me. I've always felt like, oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with me, is there? And it's only ever society that's made me feel like there's something wrong with me, I guess. Like they'll say stuff like, that. I remember the son said I had really saggy boobs once and then I was like, oh, I think I must have really saggy boobs then. And people will point stuff out like they'll go, oh, God, your arms are hairy. And I would never even have noticed my arms were hairy until someone says it, do you know what I mean? How do you stop that from, like, permeating? Because I'm a bit like you. I like, I feel great. I, I think I look great. I mean, I I had a baby eight years ago and I still haven't snapped back. And I <laughs> will still wander around in my underwear everywhere. But, like, how do you stop that stuff that you, like, because it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are, like, reading that in, like, a national newspaper or seeing it online, how do you, like, keep the Stacey Solomon vibe going strong through that? I think, again, it's never one thing or the other. It's a work in progress. Some days I'm really good at being like, I don't care. And some days I'll think, oh, maybe I do look like Roland Rat or... <laughs> You know, like what people will say. But most of the time I can come back to the fact that I always find that if you don't have any issues, if if I am happy within myself, people don't question it. Yeah. And I know that sounds really silly, but it's only if I go, or I, I drop that, or my hair today, and or my it's then people pick up and notice and might say something. But if I do walk around like shallow how, no one really, or at least if they're saying it, I ain't got a clue. So who cares? I think the ignorance is always bliss when it comes to that stuff. But you know what? I definitely have my days where it gets in and I'm like, oh, no, how did I allow that to happen? What can you do? 
honestly, you are like, if I could clone you and have you in my <laughs> life. In fact, can I, I know you've got, you're wondering what to do with the Cluedo room. I could always move into it and just come and live with you. Deal. I'll, I'll, I'll sleep perfect. in the, the, the hot tub that doesn't work. Would you mind? Oh, I love you so much. Oh my God, the more the merrier, I'll say. I like, I, I know like no one's listening to this podcast to hear my thoughts on interior design, but those skylights above in the kitchen are like goals. So the lady who lived there, her husband built those himself. <gasps> he like made the iron and put the glass in. He was a really handy guy and loved collecting bits of old glass and artifacts and stuff. And there's so many little bits in the house that he made that are just so special. And yeah, those skylines are amazing. We will never, ever lose those. And the Beauty and the Beast window. Oh, blooming love that thing. And you know what? Everyone falls asleep under it. I wonder if it's like haunted or something with a sleeping spell. I can't wait. I can't wait to curl up with a good book under the Beauty and the Beast. Well, you make me... 21st of June, here we go. Well, you make me a cup of tea, Stacey. It's going to be wonderful. (laughs) I'm sure Joe won't mind. And my husband won't mind either. I'm sure. Those two can go on the um, mow the lawn. We need extra help with that. And me and you can sit under Beauty and the Beast window with tea and dime bars. Oh, and watch the birds. I saw you (laughs) cleaning the birds. Oh, my God. You you know what, though, Bryony? I cleaned that bird bath out, put loads of bird seed in it, and this morning there was about a 1,000 pigeons. (laughs) (laughs) Not one exciting bird. Just all the I was like the pigeon. You know that lady in Home Alone? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be her. I I love it. That's very inclusive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm totally team pigeon. I don't don't recognise any other birds. I was hoping for a blue tit of some kind or like a hawk. Oh, my God. Birds of prey. That's the dream. You do. I think you do get like red kites, don't you, in the countryside? We do. <laughs> We've seen a pheasant. We've got I a mean, pheasant. You need to get a peacock or something. Oh God, imagine. <laughs> you know, I can I can just see it. Like I, I just think you're so fantastic, Stacey. I oh. I'm you're a joy to chat to. You're a joy to just to be like I wish I could be in a room with you and give you a big hug, but obviously we can't do that. One day we will. I know we t- well, obviously when I move in. Um <laughs> I wanted to know, like, if there's anyone listening now who like I feel you're one of those people that was probably born with a sunny disposition. <laughs> that's what do you know what? My that's my teacher used to say that on school report. Bryony has a sunny smile, oh. but there's not much else going on, they'd oh. say about me. That's not what I'm saying with you, by the way. Um <laughs> before. But you've got that sunny disposition. Is there any girls listening right now who they want to be more Stacey Solomon? Now, I know you're gonna say be you and I think that's a totally but what would your three tips for like making the most out of life be if anyone's listening right now what would you what would you say wow that's a big one for making the most out of life sorry do you know what no I would say my number one tip would be give yourself a break Mm -hmm. and don't put too much pressure on yourself I don't think you can ever enjoy life if you're constantly feeling like you have so much to fulfill and so much to achieve and so much to do. So letting go of big markers that people put in place that you should be hitting. Fear of death always works. No, (laughs) honestly, though, trying to enjoy. So sometimes I really have to, like, tell myself to to be right there. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds really weird, but sometimes I start worrying about 
what's about to happen or going to happen or what I could be doing or I should be doing. And actually I miss everything that's there. So I often, like really often, have to say to myself, oh, but what's Rex doing? Oh, but what's Joe doing? Oh, this is nice. And like live right for that second. That really helps me feel a bit more like upbeat. And then I guess... People will say to me, how do you have the energy to be so happy? And I actually find it when I'm sad and struggling, I find that exhausting. Mm. So it's almost reprogramming your brain for that to be the easy neutral, which can take a long time. But actually I'm finding it much less energy to just not really care that much about you know what people think of me, what everyone else is doing. I, I spend less energy in that way. I feel lighter, if that makes sense. But I guess that comes with age because I remember really caring what people thought of me as a teenager and stuff like that and really worrying that people were going to like me. I think that was my biggest fear growing up as a child. Will people like me? (laughs) And then you get older and you realise that's a massive weight on your shoulders Mm -hmm. to carry forever. And as soon as you let go of some of those things, you go, oh, blimey, it don't really matter if... The whole world hates me, does it? What am I, who am I trying to impress all the time? And that's, yeah, that makes me feel a bit sunnier. You are, honestly, just talking to you has lifted my spirit so much. It's lovely. The feeling's mutual, Bryony. It's lovely to talk to you. Well, last question and then I'll let you get on. What's next for Stacey Solomon, apart from me coming to live with you? I keep saying it like (laughs) in a really creepy stalkerish way where you're like, I love it. Okay, bye, (laughs) Bryony. So when you move in, we're going to carry on with renovations of Trickle Cottage. Cool, fantastic. Um, And then I guess... I don't know. I, I think I, that's the one thing that I'm really not good at is planning ahead because I never feel safe enough mm. to plan for the future, which sounds very strange, but I just focus on like I can do like up to like a month. Yeah. Anything beyond that I'm I'm unable to plan for and I think I just wait and see. Because, again, you just don't know where you're going to be, what your position will be. We also work in a really fickle industry where one minute everyone really loves you and the next minute everyone hates you. So, or not hates you, but, you know, it's a, it's a it swings and roundabouts, mm-hmm. you know. You're never sort of consistently doing really well all the time. So I guess I just... I don't know what the future holds and I never know. And, I, and I'll and i just see when it happens. <laughs> oh, I think it's a great way to live. Stacey, thank you so much oh. for coming on Mad World. You're an absolute joy. Bryony, thanks for having me. Hashtag be more Stacey Solomon. <laughs> Before you go, please follow Mad World on your podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you feel like it, leave us a rating and a review. I love to read what you think about the shows and also see your guest suggestions. Mad World is all about helping our listeners and I love hearing from you. The Telegraph also let me loose in column form. So if you'd like to hear even more from me, head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash madworld and you can get your first 30 days access to the website completely free. If you've been affected by anything we've talked about in our podcast today, the following organisations offer free and confidential support over the phone. The Samaritans can be reached 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 116123. Or you can contact the mental health charity Mind for advice on a range of mental health issues. Their phone number is 
0300 That's 0300 They're accessible 9am to 5pm, Monday to Friday, excluding bank holidays. There's also Young Minds who provide support if you're a parent or a carer worried about a child's welfare. They're on 0808 802 5544. That's 0808 802 5544. If you prefer tech support, Shout is a 24-7 UK crisis tech service available for times when people feel they need immediate support. By texting Shout to 85258, you will be put in touch with a trained crisis volunteer who will chat to you via text. And importantly, please remember this. You are not alone. I bloody love you. I love you too. Thank you for having me. Thank, Honestly, I love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it because you've had like a really busy week as well. So, Oh, that's all right. I was looking forward to chatting to you. Oh. It's like a break from it, all the madness. Honestly, though, 21st of June. <gasps> okay, yeah. You'll have to come over. I'd love, I mean, yeah, I, we should like, definitely do something. That would be um, so we'll nice. A little pool party. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hold up. 